Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days Beating Cancer Daily Together. I am so excited to have Jackie Bryan back for today's episode of Beating Cancer Daily. I hope you have heard two of the prior episodes Jackie and I did together, one on poop. It's fascinating. I know it sounds gross, but it's actually so enlightening and you need to know about this topic for your health. And the other one we did together so far was about lemons. They're just a superfood. So I hope that you check those out. But as most of you know, if you listen to our Health Builder monthly workshops, Jackie is a certified nutrition specialist, an RN, a whole health educator, a functional medicine expert, and also a certified health coach. And she was the epicenter of our health coach study that we did for advanced cancer patients. And she's just a very, very dear friend. And I call her regularly with these questions, these burning questions that I have about how to keep myself healthier as a stage four cancer survivor. And my last question I called Jackie about was, Jackie, can you talk to me about magnesium? And she just squealed, magnesium. I love magnesium. (laughs) And that's how today's episode came to be. So I want to bring back to Beating Cancer Daily today, my dear friend and personal health coach and expert, Jackie Bryan. Oh, Saren, thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Uh, You keep hitting on these topics that I get really excited about. And so (laughs) magnesium is really one of them. So I'm thrilled to be here. You know, what's interesting is that a surprising number of people in our country are deficient in this vital vital mineral. Um, Some sources report that up to 50% of the United States population has a deficiency, which is concerning when you think about it. But I thought we'd start off with maybe understanding what magnesium is. I'm going to guess that that you've heard of magnesium, which prompted that question. But I think it's really helpful to understand what exactly magnesium is and what it does and what we can do about it. And that's really what the focus for today's podcast is on. Well, you hit it right on the head because I was getting terrible leg cramps and I called my doctor and I said, what is this about? And she said, well... I think you might need magnesium. And so I, of course, listened to my doctor, but I wanted to go much deeper and personally learn why did I need magnesium and what kind of magnesium? And that's why I called you. I'm so, I'm so thrilled you did. You know, magnesium is actually known as a calming mineral. 
because it helps relax muscles and nerves, but it does way more than just that. It's, it's really one of the most important nutrients when it comes to maintaining optimal health. And it's a part of my everyday routine, and I'm going to share with you why. Uh, but let's talk about what magnesium is. It, it's a chemical element and a mineral found throughout nature. And it's one of our body's electrolytes. And just as a refresher on your biology class, electrolytes are, are minerals that are in your blood and other body fluids that carry an electric charge and affect how your body functions. You might have had electrolytes in a drink while you're exercising or Saren, even um, what your doctor was suggesting to help you with some of those leg cramps. We know that those electrolyte type drinks uh, can be helpful in giving you some of those minerals. Some of the drinks are better than others, those that are laden with sugar out of void, uh, but, but you get magnesium in them, but you also get sodium and potassium, which are also really important. Magnesium is present in many foods. It can be added to other products. It's available as a dietary supplement. It can be even present in some of your medications and even over-the-counter medications such as, you know, anti-acids or even laxatives like milk and magnesia. About 99% of your body's total magnesium is stored in the bones. So I think you can probably conclude that magnesium actually helps with bone health. And we have a health builder series coming up on bone health. I believe it's coming in the fall. I don't have the date on me right now, but it's pretty exciting. It's an awesome class. So I hope you guys consider joining. Um, but magnesium is the fourth most abundant mineral in your body. The, the first is calcium. The second is phosphorus. The third is potassium. And even though magnesium is fourth, it doesn't make it any less important. Uh, it's, it's something that is found in our muscles, in our soft tissues, as I mentioned, in our bones. And only about 1% of the magnesium is actually concentrated in your blood. And a couple of things, I, I think it's an underappreciated, overworked uh, mineral. So I like people to understand that, that magnesium is actually a cofactor in 300 chemical reactions in the body, what your body does every single day. And magnesium is involved in 300 enzymatic reactions in your body. So as I mentioned, your muscles need magnesium to contract, your nerves need it to send signals and receive messages. And magnesium even keeps your heart beating steadily and your immune system humming along and keeping it strong. So you can, you can see it's a vital in overall health. Some other areas of interest that magnesium helps with is DNA synthesis, can help with mood stability. Uh, it can play a role in vitamin D metabolism. I know we've got a podcast on vitamin D coming up, which is exciting. It can help with bone health. We talked about it helps with circulation and blood pressure regulation, and it can protect against inflammation. Uh, low levels of magnesium are actually linked to inflammatory conditions such as heart disease, right? So finding balance, that's what my practice is all about, is helping people find balance, taking them from deficiency to sufficiency. And magnesium is an important player in finding balance in your body. Um, magnesium is also linked to physical performance. It can help uh, reduce uh, muscle spasms, uh, even PMS, it can relax the smooth muscles of the uterus. 
one of my personal uh, things that I use it for is I train for tennis and I use um, magnesium electrolyte drink to help me with relaxing muscles, especially after a difficult uh, tennis match. Uh, my oldest child, my my daughter, uh, deals with epilepsy, and magnesium is actually a part of her treatment regime because it magnesium helps with nerve transmission. Um, it helps stabilize the cell membrane to support nerve cells. So again, all the way from the athletic court to brain health, um, it, it helps with reproduction and elimination. It can help you fall asleep, and I, I think. All of those things are hopefully painting the picture and creating a very strong, compelling why you want to pay attention to magnesium. So now you're probably wondering, okay, Jackie, what happens if you're deficient in magnesium, right? So, so what is the, what's the issue? You know, magnesium is linked to several health conditions that we know of. Now, keep in mind, there's some that we don't know, uh, but Conditions such as heart disease, osteoporosis, migraines, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's, ADD, and in some cases, inflammatory conditions, you know, things like heart disease and cancer. I have a good resource for you all. According to the National Institute of Health, they have a fact sheet on magnesium, and this is an excellent resource for you. There are certain groups of people that are actually at risk of magnesium inadequacy because they typically consume either insufficient amounts of magnesium or they may have a medical condition or may take a medication that reduces the way magnesium is absorbed in the gut and it can increase the loss from the body. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about these groups that we need to pay attention to. So those people that are, are at greatest risk for magnesium deficiency are those people with gastrointestinal issues. And that kind of makes sense, right? If you have chronic diarrhea, you may have an issue with fat absorption from maybe Crohn's disease or celiac, and even chemo-induced diarrhea. This can lead to magnesium depletion over time. So if somebody has surgery of their intestinal lining, a resection or bypass of the small intestine, this can also lead to malabsorption issues with magnesium loss. So if you're a group of those people that are, are those that suffer with gastrointestinal diseases, you want to talk to your medical providers. You always want to talk to your medical providers about magnesium and other nutrients that your body may be missing. The second group are people with type 2 diabetes. This particular population often has magnesium deficits, and it's because this group has a higher output of magnesium in their urine. So people with insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes will excrete more magnesium than those people that do not have diabetes or insulin resistance. The third group are people with alcohol dependence, and magnesium deficiency is very common in chronic alcoholism. This group has poor dietary intake of nutritious foods. They're often dealing with gut issues such as vomiting, diarrhea, even fatty stools, and this also can lead to magnesium deficits. And here's another group, another perk of aging is that older population Older adults typically have lower intakes of magnesium than younger adults. In addition, magnesium absorption from the gut decreases um, as we age. Another perk. <laughs> Older adults are also more likely to have chronic diseases or take medications that alter magnesium status, which can increase their risk of magnesium depletion. 
So those are four groups that we need to pay particular attention to that may be at risk for magnesium deficiency. But you might be wondering, you know, what are the symptoms of deficiency? And and what would I experience? You know, Saren gave the example of her muscle cramping, right? That was one example of magnesium deficiency. But other people may experience heart arrhythmias, weakening of their bones over time. They may have imbalanced blood sugar. They may feel fatigued. Even anxiety and depression, eye twitching, vertigo, chocolate cravings. I bet you didn't connect that to magnesium deficiency. Okay, that's why she prescribed magnesium because you know I love my dark chocolate, Jackie. Yes, other things may be irritable bowel, migraine headaches, glaucoma, restless leg syndrome, uh, tooth cavities, impotence. I mean, the the list is pretty long. And so if you're experiencing any of these types of symptoms, I really encourage you to talk to your physician. I think the unfortunate thing is that it is possible to have magnesium deficiency even with a healthy diet, and that can feel pretty frustrating to people. In some cases, this is because the way our food is sourced, and what we know is that soil depletion of magnesium and other minerals has been documented in the United States for many years. And some people may think, oh, okay, I'm going to go and eat all organic. Unfortunately, even organically grown vegetables are lacking certain minerals. Uh, We know that, that organically grown can be really helpful when it comes to reducing pesticides and chemicals. But the problem is the soil often would be lacking in magnesium. And that's really how we get this really important mineral. And I'm going to go through the food list in just a minute so you can have an idea of where you find these really wonderful magnesium-rich foods. One thing is sort of a side note that I want you to pay attention to is that even the animals that we consume, if you do eat animal meat and even fish, we need to consume those that are raised in the best environments. So even good quality pasture raised by animals, organic, grass-fed, that's really important. And the soil that they are consuming their food on is very important as well. So again, we want to be a food snob. We want to know where our food is sourced. Some other causes of mineral depletion include low stomach acid or hypochloridia. Uh, This is when the body needs appropriate stomach acid to break down minerals, especially calcium. If you do not have the the right amount of stomach acid, you're not going to be able to break those minerals down and use them. Birth control pills can also deplete magnesium and zinc along with other vitamins and minerals. Um, And since they have a direct impact on our hormones, they also play with our ability to get the minerals that we need in our body that are vital for good health. Uh, Birth control pills can cause excess copper in the body, which can be toxic. Um, And this is why zinc becomes depleted and these two minerals are antagonists for each other. Coffee. We often enjoy our coffee and it's okay to enjoy it in moderation, but coffee actually plays a role in calcium magnesium depletion. Calcium and magnesium are lost in our urine with coffee. It is a diuretic and you'll also be losing some potassium and sodium as well. So you want to pay attention to your caffeine intake. 
I know that some of my clients that I work with that are dealing with osteoporosis, we work hard to reduce their caffeine intake. We already did address alcohol as a mineral depletion suspect, but the thing to remember with alcohol is that it speeds up the excretion of magnesium through the kidneys. And what I like to talk to people about is we want to stop the leaching right? I mean, we all want to be healthy. We all want to find balance in our bodies, but the leaching that happens as a result of our lifestyle behaviors are setting us back. And so alcohol is one of those products or foods that we consume that leaches our bodies of vital nutrients and magnesium is one of them. You know, alcohol will not only deplete the magnesium, but it depletes calcium, zinc, iron, manganese, potassium, chromium, you name it. It's, it's, it wreaks havoc on the body. So if you're consuming alcohol, do so in moderation and then sugar, sugar, sugar. I know everyone's going to get mad at me for talking about this, but, but sugar is something that requires many molecules of magnesium to process it. So when you eat refined sugar, it actually robs your body of magnesium and many other minerals like zinc and chromium and calcium in order to break it down, which is really upsetting. So if somebody comes and they have osteoporosis or severe osteoporosis and they have a high sugar diet, they are again leaching their body of these vital nutrients that keep them healthy. So I think it kind of boils down to that standard American diet or SAD. Uh, you know, the, the typical American diet, unfortunately, has minimal fresh foods. It's high in refined and processed foods, and it's grown on soils that are really depleted. And magnesium and chromium and many other minerals are lost during the processing. So if you're not eating a fresh, whole, clean diet, this is where we start to see issues when it comes to depletion of minerals. So these are kind of some fun ways that you can help yourself by choosing whole, clean foods. So this leads us to the next main important topic is what should you do? right? I think we all can agree that we want to feed our body, our body's need for magnesium, right? We want to feed ourselves the, the highest quality foods so that we can get the biggest bang for our buck from the nutrients that we need. Magnesium is found in plant and animal foods. It's in beverages. It's in green leafy vegetables. I'm going to go through some of those lists with you, but there is some really helpful resources that we can explore together. And I'll, I'll give you that information at the end of the podcast. In general, foods that are containing dietary fiber provide magnesium and magnesium can also be added to breakfast cereals and other fortified foods. But again, those are processed um, and then it's, you know, fortified, they add back in some of the magnesium. It's, it's almost better to get it in the natural foods if you can, um, you know, just keep in mind that the processing can change the, the nutrient quality of the foods that you're eating. So what are some of the foods? And that's really where we're going. So again, I mentioned the the NIH, the National Institute of Health is a wonderful resource. And you just Google NIH magnesium fact sheet. They have a fact sheet for consumers and they have a fact sheet for health professionals. And you'll see some awesome food lists on there. Most people can get enough of their magnesium from high quality foods such as dark leafy greens, nuts and seeds, especially pumpkin seeds. Saren, I think I want to do a whole 
podcast just on pumpkin seeds. <laughs> I eat mine every day because of you, but I, I do it at <laughs> night before I go to sleep. Yeah, I love pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds, particularly before bedtime, even just a small handful, are rich in magnesium. And that magnesium can actually help enhance sleep, which is really important. Pumpkin seeds pack a whopping 156 milligrams per an ounce of pumpkin seeds, right? So we want to get as much as we can out of the foods that we're eating. A close second is chia seeds at 111 milligrams per an ounce. Uh, We're going to talk about what is required for men and women each day in a little bit, but just keep in mind that pumpkin seeds are rock stars when it comes to magnesium. You can also get magnesium in beans and lentils, quinoa and rice, Certain types of fish, things like mackerel, pollock, and tuna, avocados, figs and dates, dark chocolate. I know, Sarah, that makes you happy. And potatoes. There are other ways to get magnesium in our body without having to consume it in the foods that we eat. Um, For example, I take a magnesium soak at least twice a week. And when you take a magnesium bath in nice warm water, um, you can add in Epsom salt, you can add in another type of magnesium flake. This allows you to absorb the magnesium through your skin and it can help soothe the sore muscles, promote relaxation before bedtime. And even you can add just a few drops of your essential oils that you might enjoy. I like citrus because that can help with stress. That's another podcast, Sarah, we could do. Uh, But I know that essential oils can be really beneficial, but even magnesium oil put on topically on your body can be applied to help with any um, type of muscle soreness. Uh, Saren, I think you mentioned that that was recommended to you. She actually said that I should rub it on my calves before I go to sleep about 30 minutes to an hour before. And that would probably mitigate the cramping of my calves. Yeah. And did you find that it helped? Yes, I did. I didn't think it solved the problem totally. So she actually put me on 200 milligrams in the evening Mm -hmm. through capsules. I also eat a lot of magnesium through the things you were suggesting, the figs and through pumpkin seeds. So could I OD on it? Could I just be overdosing on magnesium between the supplement, the lotion, and then all the food groups? Or you don't have to worry about that. We always want to worry about overdoing anything. Right. I mean, that's that's really important. So I think one of the best strategies is I, I worry less about getting too much magnesium in our food sources. Right. I I would just pay attention to what the doctor recommended for the magnesium supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you're, you know, lathering your body four times a day with magnesium oil, that might be concerning, but doing it a little bit at night would not be as concerning. So again, using moderation, but always checking with your healthcare providers for the recommended doses. I think that's really important. Um, So going, going back to this National Institute of Health fact sheet and page that's really helpful is what are the recommendations for men and women, right? So there are recommendations for the appropriate amount of magnesium that you should consume. For women, it's 310 to 320 milligrams per a day. And for men, it's 400 to 420 milligrams per day. Now you heard me mention the pumpkin seeds. One ounce of pumpkin seeds gives me half of my magnesium requirements for the day pretty impressive when you think about it for, for a woman. So 
keep that in mind when you're looking at your food sources, right? You want to take the things that are leaching your body out, the things like the sugar, the alcohol, and you want to replace them with the foods that are going to provide you with the nutrient-rich magnesium that's going to support your body. I'm sure that there are better quality pumpkin seeds, not naming a brand, but I'm sure you want those without salt and not processed. That's a really good comment, Sarah. so, yes, I would prefer organic and raw if you can do that. Um, some dry roasted, but sometimes the oils and the salts that they add into the pumpkin seeds are inflammatory for the body. So we don't need to add any inflammation to our body. Uh, so I think it's really, it's really helpful to get organic and raw. And then you can make your, even, even your own trail mixes. You could add in some of your favorite nuts. Uh, you can just keep it in a little container. That's what I do in my purse, um, when I'm traveling just to make sure I have a healthy snack, uh, throughout the day. I did I did want to share for just a second some of the potential problems for people to keep in mind when it comes to magnesium because we've been singing magnesium praises and all the amazing things it does for the body but I do want people to keep in mind there are several types of medications that can have potential to interact with magnesium supplements and so I think that's a really important thing for us to cover briefly before I get into these please discuss these with your doctor. So if you're on any of these medications, I think it's important for you to discuss any magnesium supplementation with your doctor for sure. Well, the first one is uh, biphosphonates. And, and I know that some cancer patients actually take this to protect their bones, right? We talked about magnesium being an important player in bone health. Magnesium-rich supplements um, or medications can actually decrease the absorption of oral biphosphonates, right? So we wanna make sure that we're getting the um, both medicate, we want to make sure we're getting the most out of our magnesium and the most out of our biphosphonates. And, and again, biphosphonates are given to those people that are at risk for uh, brittle bones or, or may have osteoporosis. So the recommendation is to use magnesium rich supplements or medications and oral biphosphonates, and they should be separated by two hours. You don't want to take them at the same time. And again, discuss this with your medical team. The other is antibiotics, certain antibiotics. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but there are certain antibiotics that can interfere with magnesium, the benefits of magnesium and also magnesium can impact the antibiotic. So antibiotics uh, should be taken at least two hours before you take magnesium or four to six hours after magnesium containing supplement. Diuretics and diuretics are are things that help with edema and fluid buildup in a person. You know, people that are on chronic uh, treatment for for loop diuretics, they're on Lasix or or Bumex, even like hydrochlorothiazide for blood pressure. Um, this can increase the loss of magnesium in the urine due to magnesium depletion, and so we want to make sure that that particular population is watched very closely by their their medical team. The next group is the proton pump inhibitors. Uh, this is a prescription proton pump inhibitors. And these are drugs such as Nexium and Prevacid. And when someone's taking these for a prolonged period of time, maybe more than a year, this can lead to low magnesium levels. So people need to be aware. And I wanted to I wanted to just bring those to light because I know many of you are on certain types of medications. So magnesium is absolutely wonderful and has so 
many health benefits, but like anything, we want to be very careful as to how we are consuming it and taking it as a supplement. So I'm going to leave you with some final thoughts on my magnesium talk today. The first is let's consume magnesium rich foods and go on to that National Institute of Health uh, magnesium consumer health sheet. You can just Google it. It pops right up. It's a very credible resource for you to get all the information that you need. But just to highlight a few, let's drink some mineral water. So mineral water is a really good source of not only magnesium, but you'll get some calcium and sodium as well. Uh, bring in nine to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Now you're going to see on the websites that, you know, they recommend five servings. Mine is a little bit higher because I love the antioxidants and the anti-inflammatory components of fruits and vegetables. So bring those in to help enhance your magnesium and many other wonderful nutrients in your life. Consume some nuts and seeds each day. Those pumpkin seeds are fantastic. If you can know your food sources, that is really key. Be food snob. You know, that that saying you are what you eat is true, right? We want to know where our food is coming from. Stop the leaching. Understand what your daily behaviors are doing to your body, right? You want to understand those lifestyle behaviors that you have that are depleting magnesium. If it's too much sugar, back off of the sugar. See if you can bring in more whole, clean foods. Try soaking in a magnesium bath a few times each week. That's going to that's gonna really help with some of the absorption of magnesium. So I encourage you all to go grab some pumpkin seeds and enjoy a nice magnesium soak this week. Jackie, I love this topic. And you know that I can't get through a session with you without giving you a joke based on the topic that we're discussing. So may I tell you a joke? Oh, I'd love to hear it. (laughs) What do you call a metal detective? I don't know. What do you call a metal detective? Magnesium PI. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Now, I think they brought back the series Magnum PI, but Jackie and I, both remember a series with uh, Tom Selleck called Magnum PI. So that's that's we might be dating ourselves. Or <laughs> definitely no, I was gonna say I believe they brought back the series. It's just not with Tom Selleck now, I think. But I oh. thought you'd get a kick out of that joke. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. I always have to make sure that I find a healthcare joke affiliated or associated with the topic. And some of these topics get a little out there. So It's not so easy. (laughs) Jackie, I love you. I love this topic. I am going to look at my magnesium intake now because as I said, the doctor had told me 200 to 400, but I don't think that she realized how much I was getting also through the diet that I started to follow based on our conversations, which... I do that nine to 13 servings a day with the seeds, with the nuts. I do have other conditions that are secondary to my cancer story that where I do excrete a lot of these electrolytes. So I am trying to make sure that I do keep myself really balanced and I'm not having any more issues. So thank you for all the help that 
you gave to me and also my medical team. Well, I'm so happy that you're feeling better. And I think, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head by saying, finding balance, right? We need to find what is the best solution for our unique bodies and what might be right for me may not be right for you. And that's why it's so important for people to communicate with their medical team and let them know what they're doing. I think so many people try to find their own solutions, even outside of the doctor's office, but you want to be sure that you don't conflict with your current treatment regime, right? You always want to make sure that you're Everybody kind of knows what's going on, right? I like to call myself the dot connector because there have been times where I'm working with my one-on-one clients and I may discover that they're supplementing with something that could be contraindicated for a particular medication that they're on. So it's really important to to pay attention to it. You said it right there when you were talking about the bone building medications that you could be on. I have severe osteoporosis from all of my cancer treatments and from my childhood diet and just the way I'm constructed. And Mm -hmm. so I do take medication every few months for that. And now I know that I want to keep it separate by several hours from what you said from the magnesium Mm -hmm. intake. So that was super enlightening for me. I love when you come If you are not already attending our health builder workshops once a month with Jackie, they are just so enlightening. She does an expanded version on a topic of what you've heard today. And we really get so much great information from Jackie. So what I want you to do is go to the front page of the Comedy Cures website, comedycures.org, scroll down a little bit. And you will see all the upcoming sessions with Jackie over the next few months. We are planning on doing these health builder sessions for a year. And we tackle a topic every month where I bring a little healthcare humor and Jackie just brings all of her incredible wisdom around a certain topic. We did gut health. We're doing brain health. We've got sun sense, hydration, liver health, bone health. It goes on and on because Jackie is a wealth of information. So if you go to comedycures.org, you can sign up. They're free. It's 1130 Eastern time. And if you want to find out more about Jackie Bryan, if you email us at the Comedy Cures Foundation, we will send you her website, her social media sites, and you can become a fan of Jackie's just like we are at Comedy Cures. Have a blessed day. I'll see you tomorrow. And thank you, Jackie. Oh, thank you so much, Saren. Have a good day, everybody. If you loved today's episode, then tell the world. Why? Because Beating Cancer Daily and our membership circle are both a listener and donor-supported experience. So the more people you tell and the more people that join us, the more robust and interesting programs our nonprofit, the Comedy Cures Foundation, can bring to you throughout the year. I really want you to go to comedycures.org. And of course, I always want you to make a donation. It's tax deductible to the extent allowed by law. But what's super exciting is not only can you laugh and explore the comedy there, you can look at our membership levels and find the one that's great for you. And if you're feeling a little bit generous, gift one to a chemo brother or sister 
or to a caregiver that you just want to help them improve the quality of their day. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.